All right, Philip, how many Marxist Leninists does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, how many? Five. One to replace the old light bulb with an exact copy, one to hang a red lampshade, two to police the whole operation, and one general secretary of light bulb modifications. <laughs> uh, well, uh, th I think we've successfully ostracized uh, some <laughs> portion of whatever audience we've accrued to this point. So uh, that's good. Great start. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. Look, look, if, if you're a Marxist Leninist and you don't think that that joke was funny, you're the reason that people don't like Marxist Leninists, okay? So, like, you need to have a sense of humor, okay, about <laughs> your your own political, like, you know, subculture, okay? I'm, I'm like already we, we, against Tommy the will laugh, Tommy will laugh at anarchist jokes, okay? And I'll laugh at, like, jokes that about leftists that don't know what the fuck they are, so. How many social Democrats does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, I don't know how many. None. They just sit around talking about whether to change the light bulb or to ultimately, ultimately, they just agree to compromise with the darkness. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Al. There we go. I just, I, See? I, everybody. I, I don't, I don't even know if that label applies to me, to be perfectly honest, but like, I, hope, there no, I don't is. think it, it does. Funny. I don't think it does. I don't, I honestly don't know. And I honestly do not care to find it anymore. I gave up on that a while ago. Still. We're not here to talk about political labels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, so I am Tom and this is Philip and, uh, we are leftists, uh, who talk about parenting and this is raise them left. Yeah. This episode, uh, you know what we're not going to do, Philip, what we're not going to uh, do for the audience. What aren't we going to do? Well, we're not going to swaddle them. We haven't, we made fun of half of them. Uh, and yeah. That was a bad, that was my own joke and it was bad. And yeah, it we're not going to, we're not going to swallow you because, uh, uh, you're tough, real men. And that's a thing that we care about because we're men and being real men is a real thing that we definitely didn't do a whole podcast out about and then stop doing it because we realized that concept was incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I have um I have a giant pirate ship behind me because of my very well uh formed sense of masculinity. So swaddling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh swaddling is similar to coddling, right? <laughs> That's oh boy, we're gonna get there. <laughs> we're gonna get there. Um actually we're gonna weirdly go in the opposite direction before we get there. But um uh, so let's you dive into the what is swaddling, because some of you who aren't parents, or maybe even some of you who are parents, are going to come into this wondering like what exactly this term means. So swaddling is a method of wrapping a baby uh, in a swaddle um, relatively tightly so that arm movement is restricted. And uh, the idea of this is it prevents the baby from waking itself with the moro reflex, which is the moro reflex is where like babies like kind of. It, it's part of like the startle reflex, like that thing you get when you like you're, you know, when you fall asleep or when you're trying to fall asleep oh. and then you have a sense of falling. So babies get that a lot. And that's when they, ah, and they like throw their arms out and it wakes them up. So the, the movement of their arms going out wakes them up. Right. So I want to thank you because <laughs> I did two full ass children and did swaddling because they told me to do it and that it was good. 
but I had no idea why. And now I finally know. And it makes perfect sense. Why didn't they just explain this? <laughs> yeah, and, and now that's one of the reasons. Now there is another reason, which is that also by restraining the arms, it makes it a little harder for them to roll over onto their side or onto their stomach. So it keeps them on their back, which uh, prevents SIDS and prevents babies from suffocating. It's important to always keep them on their back. So those are the two reasons why now we swaddle and why generally looking at most of historical records, people swaddle babies. Swaddling is an old ass practice. Uh, there is a number of anthropologists uh, who believe that swaddling goes all the way back to the Paleolithic era. We see Jesus is... Uh, uh, in, in the Bible, it says that Jesus was in a swaddle. Um, we see, and this is actually, some of this is something I have some, a little bit of quibble with, because we argue that it was in, like, a universal practice in, like, ancient peoples, because we see a lot of artwork where... In medieval artwork, and then also ancient artwork and carvings and stuff where babies are in swaddles. I, this is one of those things where I sometimes, I think that some anthropologists and scientists get a little off touch with how humans work. My first thought as an, as an artist is, well, yeah, it's way the fuck easier to draw a baby yeah. <laughs> in a swaddle than it is to draw a bunch of tiny little fingers and toes. Like, yeah. And if you do that wrong, people are like, what the fuck is that person holding? It looks like some kind of weird, like, monk. Oh, it's a child. So Whereas you, you put it in a swaddle and people are like, oh, a human baby. <laughs> yes. So I think there's an element of that, but we do definitively see it going all the way back and written in, well, in, in creative history of humans, right? So it yeah. is a very old practice. Whether it was universal at those times is... Yeah, it at least had to be common remember. enough that the artists way back then would think, oh, if I draw it like this, people will recognize it's a baby. So, exactly. like, it had to have been at least a common practice. Yes. And so we see a change happen in swaddling. Uh, a lot of this episode is going to be some history. So strap in. I like talking about history. Uh, hey, it's important. <laughs> so we it's important see... to the dialectic. See, I got there first. Ah. Uh, so uh, swaddling changed in the Tudor times. Like, a lot of things changed once, like the Tudors or Victorians or Western wealthy owning class people got a hold of things and then did bastardize terrible things to it. Um, so it changed at that time and it became seen as something more for the purpose of preventing physical deformity. So you see a, a change in swaddling in the Tudor era where they were intentionally swaddling babies extremely tightly and through their whole body. And the idea was that if you forced all of their limbs to be straight from birth, then they couldn't grow not straight. And that doesn't, it's, that's not how that works. Um, I, I swear it's always the Victorian era that has like the <laughs> weirdest science-y type stuff. Like the stuff that like, like has the the thinnest veneer of scientific like thought behind it but like always ends in this like like weird frankenstein like conclusion of like oh if we just like cobble some parts from dead people together and give it a good electric shock it'll turn into a person and you're like no stop <laughs> it, it's it's almost like people in the in the tudor times in this one and in the victorian times it's almost like these were people who were living in overcrowded environments with 
poor sewage control, um, lead in everything, <laughs> and uh, just just inundated with heavy metals and things that uh, affect your brain development. <laughs> That's true, but also there's always this like element to it that feels like slightly like like that has like this like deep conservative bent to it like okay well like it's really important no matter what that we got to prevent physical deformities okay that's the real thing that's plaguing society right now i've seen a few too many people at the local circus who didn't die from being abused and now i had to see them and so we gotta go ahead and 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 make sure that babies never bend their arms and there's an argument to be made of some of this in the tudor times you're looking at a lot of Habsburgs and a lot of like the lines of royalty at this point were so heavily inbred that they were having a massive amount of physical deformities. And, and, you know, and it's important to note that, you know, when we're talking about that kind of a thing, like average people weren't royalty, obviously, but the things they got put into historical record and were considered like science, like science, like medicine and science were often the things that related to royals because they got treated first. So there's an argument that some of this uh, intense concern about preventing physical deformities was dealing with royal children who were horrifyingly inbred and trying to find, and, and, you know, find, obviously that's not the problem, so how do you prevent these physical deformities? Which regular-ass people aren't having this problem because they're not the Habsburg line. So there's some of like, all of that is happening. This tight binding and, and it starts causing physical deformities, as you would expect. If you bind a baby too tightly in the hips, it causes hip dysplasia and a number of like it, it, all kinds of problems. Infant mortality was causing problems. So swaddling starts to feel fall out of Western favor as we enter the 17th century. Yeah, turns out they were doing it wrong. <laughs> Exactly. And, because they were doing it for a stupid reason. And white Westerners are not going to view it as, oh, we were doing it wrong. No, instead they take the opposite direction. They say, man, I've been noticing, though, that also, you know, these Native Americans in the, in the Americas, they swaddle their babies. The African indigenous people in Africa, they swaddle their babies. Indigenous and primitive people swaddle their babies um maybe the problem is the swaddling and we need to stop doing that because it's an antiquated they don't have all those physical deformities that we're worried about so much but like i'm sure that has nothing to do with it it's a completely separate thing the fact that they're swaddling like means that we shouldn't be because they represent everything that's definitely wrong yeah so white people in the 17th and 18th century are are i mean not not perfect in the in the 21st either but Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, during the 17th century, it gets, uh, becomes associated with neglect. Uh, and they, yeah, like I said, they notice that it's having a negative effect on physical deformities, uh, and they associate it with native and indigenous people. Moving into the 18th century, philosophers and physicians are like really become very united on this subject. And now I'm going to make a big, long quote from. Jean Jacques, John Jacques, I, I am Jacques, not, I think. Yeah, this is apparently a person other people know of. Is my wife immediately pronounces correctly? Was like, yes, that is a person. Jean Jacques um, Rousseau. Yes. Um, in his book Emily, or on education, in 1762. 
The child has hardly left the mother's womb. It has hardly begun to move and stretch its limbs when it is given new bonds. It is wrapped in swaddling bands, laid down its head with its head fixed, its legs stretched out, and its arms by its side. It is wound round with linen and bandages of all sort so that it cannot move. Whence comes this unreasonable custom? from an unnatural practice, since mothers despise their primary duty and do not wish to uh, nurse their own children, they have had to entrust them to mercenary women. These women thus become mothers to a stranger's children, who by nature mean so little to them that they seek only to spare themselves trouble. A child unswaddled would need constant watching. Well swaddled, it is cast into a corner and it, its cries are ignored. It is claimed that infants left free would assume faulty positions and make movements which might injure the proper development of their limbs. This is one of the vain rationalizations of our false wisdom, which experience has never confirmed. Out of the multitude of children who grow up with the full use of their limbs, among nations wiser than ourselves, you never find one who hurts himself or maims himself. Their movements are too feeble to be dangerous, and when they assume an injurious position, pain warns them to change it. Yeah, you know, babies famous for having full agency of their body and ability to change circumstances that cause them pain. <laughs> there's so much fucking bullshit to unpack in oh, this. Oh, man. We could probably do a whole episode just, like, debunking this one quote. Like, I, like I, I see the term mercenary women here, which, like, okay, hold on. I want him to, to justify calling this, like, ha having your child nursed by someone else mercenary women in the same, from the same culture that has fucking wet nurses like that what's different and and so that a lot of people understand this is 1763 at this time when we're talking about wet nurses at this time among like white people having a wet nurse was typically an enslaved woman whose child was taken from her so that she would continue to produce milk and not feed it to her baby and instead that milk would be given to the white baby yeah and you are disparaging this woman, calling her a mercenary woman, while also disparaging your own wife by saying that, like, well, none of this would even be necessary if she was, could be bothered to want to raise her own child. Like, and, and let's be perfectly honest here, like, the whole practice of wet nursing and all that stuff to begin with is, is at its root, a type of mutual aid. Because... The reality underlying this is, and I know because multiple, not not my wife in particular, but multiple women that I know of uh, did not produce or insufficiently produce breast milk. And then some women overproduce it. Well, we got this problem and we need all the babies fed at a time where they don't have formula and they don't have some other thing. And so you see people doing this to cover for that because the alternative is to like give them like cow's milk or you know something even worse <laughs> uh just to make them stop crying about it and uh like it's it's just in inf infuriating to me that uh this 
person with all the veneer and arrogance of like settled science just like completely trashing all these people for like totally reasonable practices just so that they can feel like they're better than black people or whatever because they do something different (laughs) yeah and and also you see kind of like hidden into this uh where you also like you know did, did wrapped up into all of the racism of that time was also this element of um mythologizing uh you know like the the kind of racism that is mythologizing where you know he mentions of like uh uh, you know, multiple multitudes of children who grew up with the uh, in, in nations wiser than ourselves, like, you know, actively being like, uh, and did you know, like, you know, these people, these groups of people do this, and they're primitive, but there's some other people who don't do this, and I bet they are just, you know, like, you just want to like grab them by the shoulders and be like. You're the one with the physical deformities problem, my dude. <laughs> like, there's there's a recent episode of behind the uh, of behind the bastards, uh, a podcast I enjoy that you should never listen to. You should just listen to this podcast. Um, and in it, like they talk about Helena Blavatsky, who was this uh like a spiritualist that existed in the late 1890s into the early 1900s and who like set all of the groundwork for nazi style fascism uh and one of the like one of the frameworks that so she invented well she and some people before her invented this concept of aryans and the idea that aryans were like once a magical people who were then uh like had their magic robbed from them by jews and now like indigenous people like so like a thing that i think a lot of people don't know is that hitler kind of idolized native americans he thought they were like magical people still attached to the magic that he wanted to give to aryans and that's what i say of like what i mean by like all of this is like a weird woven fabric of racism that exists at that time and at all time where both looking at like being like oh the jews took our magic but also the native americans are closer closer to magic than us but also man the americans did some cool stuff with concentration camps with the native americans is a wild convergence of thoughts that happens time and time again among fascists and conservatives oh man (laughs) there's a joke somewhere in there about being able to cast fireball but I can't find it in a way that's not deeply <laughs> offensive to anyone who doesn't have a very edgy sense of humor. So I'm going to pass on that one, but I'll leave it as an exercise to the listener. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, no, let's, let's not, no. <laughs> so setting all that aside, you know, obviously this guy is like completely shitting all over the practice of swaddling, but this guy's wrong because we're here in the enlightened era of the year of our Lord 2022. And uh, people are swaddling again. So how do we get there? Well, it's funny you say that because from the Enlightenment until today, swaddling wasn't rec- wasn't recognized as a best yeah. practice in the Western. <laughs> that was intentional irony. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, no. Today it has made a comeback uh, and an argued comeback. Like, so I, I find it interesting to me that it is an argued comeback, as most parents, modern parents I know of done some element of swaddling or have at least like experimented with it to see if it worked with their kid. Um, but yeah, I was finding a lot of like, you know, uh, medical discussions that were saying, well, it's just a, some parents do it and it still is mostly like, 
you know, parents of color that do it. And, uh, I just disagree with that, but, uh, it, it is very much, uh, making a comeback and we see pretty strong data supporting it. But I want to talk about some of the data that doesn't support it. So we do see some studies that argue that swaddling increases SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. However, it increases those rates in these studies if the babies are swaddled and then placed on their sides or belly. Which, if you remember what we were talking about all the way in the beginning of this episode, the whole point of swaddling, well, a point of swaddling is to keep them from moving so that they don't end up on their side or belly. And this is the thing that just really irks me because this really keeps popping up in a number of studies that are like against the idea of swaddling. And I feel like it would be like saying... Putting oil in your car is a bad idea because what if you put it in the gas tank instead of in like where your oil goes? And it's like, <laughs> it looks just, a lot like gas. Just don't do you might that. Get confused. <laughs> just don't do that. Like using a hammer is a bad idea because what if you use it on your kneecap instead of a nail? You don't. <laughs> it's not what you were supposed to do. Yeah. So like, I have a question. Like. You could suggest a good thing to do, but what if I did it wrong and it was actually really harmful? I couldn't even finish. God damn it. <laughs> and I mean, like, this, <laughs> this is where I get so frustrated with psychology and, and academia as a generality is like some of this. Now, I will say. Oh, this, uh, this really strikes me as like the kind of study that gets published because like the desperate need to publish a positive result as mm -hmm. opposed to like just like a replication study. Mm -hmm. um, the replication crisis and generating bullshit like this because yeah exactly that you need things with positive results what did it do that is positive what did it do that like we can throw this on a headline on the news and get some traction that'll get us some funding like yeah, get that <sighs> pop science cred so recommendations are again that swaddled babies all newborn babies should be placed on their back we have a bunch of other studies that have been done that show that when the baby is placed on its back while being swaddled, there is a huge drop in suffocation and sudden infant death syndrome. So yeah, <laughs> the only like thing that is accurate in some of the arguments against swaddling is there is data that shows that tight swaddling below the waist can cause hip dysplasia. So if you are swaddling babies, you should leave it a little loose around the hips. Um, but Tommy, what if I'm a Tudor-era Victorian who <laughs> is really worried about physical deformities? Well, first of all, you shouldn't have had kids with your first cousin. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem with that? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, and this is, again, like one of those things that, like, I mean, well, now, actually, no, I'll say today, no, this is good advice. Yeah, I don't tell people, like, I maybe, you know, because, like, the first way, and I actually I think this is really important, like, they haven't told me this in any of my parenting classes, that it's important to keep it loose around the waist for that reason or any reason. They haven't said that at all. It was, I just get, like, wrap the baby up tight, make it like a burrito. Like, I, look, I worked at Taco Bell for a lot of years. You tell me to wrap a baby up like a burrito, that baby's going to be wrapped. Uh, <laughs> really? Because every time I get a Taco Bell, like, now I'm imagining babies that are wrapped, they're just like, 
<laughs> well, Done. <laughs> we did it. We did a swaddle. It looks just like the ta- the sock taco I got from Taco Bell last night. They folded it in half. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll say that I'm assuming that after sev- after a good hearty meal, the baby the swaddled baby is definitely going to look like a blown out burrito. <laughs> well, actually- it'll definitely look like a blown out burrito in some way, uh, at some point, but <laughs> maybe not because of the swaddling. And I mean, that was like another one of the things like going back to the like 17th, 18th century guys who were complaining about swaddling. They're all also complaining about like, well, if you swaddle a baby and then you don't change it, then it, you know, it causes problems for the baby. And I'm like, yeah, change it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you here. I mean, it's just just another like, I swear, 17th, like, like this era of science is just like, like. It feels like that process of having a stroke. Like you're just like, what? No, like stop. Why are? What is wrong with you? Yeah. So um, all of our evidence says the swaddling is a good thing to do. It is a, a positive thing to do. It's a thing you should definitely do with your kids. And now, in, so here's the thing that I, I kind of want to talk about in like the general. Um, philosophies of parenting this is the first one of the ones that i've really ran into that is an old practice this is you know definite definitively inarguably an old practice and it's one that i very much like and i'm like oh yeah i'm excited to try this one out. i think it's a good idea but not because it's an old practice because it has data behind it that it says that it makes sense and the old practice element of it does in some way check into it of like yeah no people who have raised babies for generations have you know people who have had 14 fucking kids probably had some kind of good idea like eventually developed some smart ideas on how to keep a baby from crying in the middle of the night so that they could get more sleep and i i like that but we also have to of course be careful because like traditionalism is a like what's what's the word for like bad um you know, like when we talk about uh, using straw man analogies, right? Um, there's a list of the things like straw man analogies and oh, you know, like ode to traditionalism is one of them. I can't think of the word I'm trying to say there. Oh, yeah. The appeal to tradition is the, yes. if you're looking for the name of the fallacy, yeah. Yes, logical fallacies. Yes. You know, so it can be an appeal to tradition. And it, I think it's one of those things that for a lot of new parents, you kind of get like bombarded with these. Like I know the grandparents have been like, you know, here's all, you know, don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel is the thing I've been told many times. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Look at what, you know, older folks did do the same things we did. And I'm like, well, I, you know, maybe I'm going to want to do that, but I'm also going to want to look at it at fresh eyes. And I think there is a nuance and a balance that is healthy to have there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's often some like, like there's often some value in, wisdom built into especially practices that have been going on for a really long time. Um, It's something that I wish I had looked into more when I wasn't, uh, you know, deeply tired and exhausted parents is like, um, and maybe we should do an episode on this, uh, the practice of co-sleeping. Cause I know that's like very common in some other cultures, but it's like very highly not recommended. Um, And I've always wondered like, you know, 
is there a similar history here? Like, are we on a trend away from that and like into that? Or is that like actually bad? And we should, I have no idea. Genuinely, we, they said it was bad. We shouldn't do it. So we didn't. Um, but there were certainly times that it kind of felt like it would have been easier um, if that were possible. But um, yeah, I'm also we... very, very active sleeper. So it was kind of like an easy decision for me. Like I move around a ton and I was like, if we put the baby in the bed, I'm hundred percent going to elbow that baby in the face. Like, in my sleep so yeah and like and that's a topic that i feel like i've gotten some mixed messaging on like you know we've been told yeah definitely do not have the baby sleep with you if you fall if you are falling asleep think you're falling asleep put the baby in uh the uh, bassinet mm -hmm. but at the same time like i was reading through um what to expect when you're expecting the first year and above or whatever and like in it they talk about like well it's perfectly normal during breastfeeding because both you and the babies are getting like relaxing hormones and stuff that you might not off and that's okay go ahead not off um and you know when the baby's done it it'll wake you up and uh put the baby away and i'm like that's almost the opposite advice that i just got elsewhere and that's and it's like not but at the same time and in the same book it's like do not do co-sleeping but if you're breastfeeding and you not off it's okay and i'm like huh it feels like conflicting advice in some ways oh i see but i don't know yeah i think i think they're imagining maybe a, a separate context like you're breastfeeding like you're sitting up and maybe like you're in a comfy chair and you like nod off and you kind of like stir and like i know my mom described moments like this when i was a kid like she'd be feeding me and i would like she would you know uh my mom was not good at waking up uh self-admitted not not this is not from my personal experience i don't remember this uh <laughs> but my mom told me that you know she'd never been great at waking up and she would be extremely boring uh she would like get me and like just sort of like put me in feeding position she'd end up like falling asleep and then she'd like kind of like stir at some point like oh yeah okay move him on the other side do that and then like wake up a little bit later like okay back to bed and, like very uh uninteresting so i ended up sleeping through the night uh fairly early on because when i when my mom uh picked me up it wasn't very fun <laughs> it was it was you know i got to eat but um yeah. anyway yeah so i'm curious uh kind of personal experiences uh because you know i haven't had any yet i'm just in the gear up reading all of the things getting ready to have a baby in the house and probably by the time this episode airs i'll have a baby in the house and be frantically trying to deal with that yeah but yeah did y'all swaddle? Like, how did that yeah, work? Yeah. So now that we've successfully uh, established that swaddling is definitely the right thing to do, is recommended by all things, and if you're against it, you're a bad person. Uh, did we do it? Um... <laughs> Sorry, maybe I should have put this at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Instead, it would be better if you did it at the start, so that it's a trap, so that if I said no, I would then look like an idiot. Um... <laughs> nobody is a no. <laughs> nobody is a bad person for their parenting decisions. No. 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 I know. No, no, no. I, within reason <laughs> i mostly i just uh i enjoyed the fact that the, the fact that we had planned to talk about like my personal experience <laughs> here as no matter where you put it it's a trap one way or the other uh if my answer was no but fortunately my answer is yes so it doesn't matter um yes we did and i even think i mentioned it a little bit earlier we swaddled both of our kids um you know it obviously i'm not going to be able to uh, give like a very meaningful like anecdote as far as like was it helpful or not like the like you know 
a my memory's fuzzy it was quite a while ago for me and then like b my just general impression of that whole thing is like well there's like a million variables that you're all all questioning all of them all at once uh anytime anything remotely goes wrong uh but um yeah we swallowed them they stayed on their backs that so it you know seemed to help with that um i i we did it like i said before not really knowing why or at least i didn't know why maybe my wife didn't uh, but um it just was like oh like uh, i think i think our understanding was like oh they like it it makes them feel like they're in the womb again or whatever and it's like it relaxes them or whatever We're like okay sure whatever i'm very tired <laughs> um but yeah we did um not from a well-informed position or not for personally from a well-informed position but uh just on the recommendation of people who you know were supposed to know more than us at least uh, and i think they did in this particular case at least um and so yeah uh no no it didn't have any negative effects as far as as far as i know in my own personal experience like it didn't uh we didn't have any particular like um negative reaction they didn't like get upset when we did it or whatever it, and often did and sort of like uh calm them down once they I, I think like uh my own report of the situation would have been um it took me um a while to like fully remember like exactly how to do it in the in the good way uh it's not it wasn't to me very intuitive how to get it done but like also i was tired and adhd makes it really hard to remember like perfect patterns and there wasn't like a way to like generalize it into a principle so it was just like i just had to memorize like okay fold this like this and then this like this and this and like i'm just not good at memorizing stuff so uh it took i remember that it took me a while and so i often had to have bethany come help me do it because i could never remember how to do it um which perhaps then puts a lie to my adhd excuse because she also has it but uh i'll hide behind my neurodivergence i guess uh like a coward uh but um and i remember like the experience of it being a little bit difficult if the baby was feeling particularly wiggly they would like fight you a little bit, not like intentionally, but they're just like, I want to move around a bunch. And you're like, stop, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was fine. It didn't, it wasn't a big, didn't, it never occurred to me that it was a big deal. I had no idea up until, you know, we went and started talking about the idea for this episode that there was ever a period in history where people were like, I don't know about this swaddling thing. That seems sketchy to me so uh and it reeks of all the type of pseudo victorian science stuff that that comes out of that time period yeah 100 percent. and then that was one of the reasons why and like i kind of dove into this topic at first just out of like a well, curiosity maybe a little instruction like i know i was wondering like, why swaddle and i'm sure a lot of parents wonder and there's not really a lot of often a lot of good advice you know or good information given it's just advice just do the swaddle trust me it'll help them sleep why i wanted to dive into that i was very surprised when i ran into a bunch of white men in the 1700s who had probably never 
touched even their own babies being like super angry about the idea of swaddling was fascinating to me. And I think it says a lot about like a lot of that thread of angry white men through history and existing today, having loud comments about parenting and teaching. And I, you know, I I think there's a lot to be said too, is what we've ran into of like there being a validity to the process of parenting that is imperfect. Like, yeah, it's fine that you were just trying to figure it out on the go. That's kind of a normal state of things. There's going to be things like that that I'm going to be figuring out on the go. I'm not going to know why. After a year of us doing this podcast, I'm going to be like, oh my God, that's why pacifiers work. Like, I, I, I know kind of how pacifiers work, but I'm, you know, trying to pull examples out of thin air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I think I, it's, I don't, yeah. I don't experience a great deal of like personal, like, uh, self-doubt about this in particular I think you know just as in general you know I I am always kind of of the opinion that like um, you know science around this kind of stuff is is science and it is valid but it also has the framing of like the average person or the average baby which is like not a real baby like if there's no baby that is the average baby <laughs> Uh, and like everyone is off the average in some way. Uh, and so whatever way that your baby is off the average, you're going to have to compensate for that, which means you're going to have to ignore some piece of like well-established advice on what the best practice is. Uh, so, you know, don't guilt yourself too much on it. You know, don't, don't just throw it away willy nilly. Of course, like, you know, you want to try to do all the best practice stuff up front and then you know kind of adjust from there but you know give yourself permission to adjust um in this particular case we didn't have any problems with swaddling so we didn't adjust off of the recommended practice because it was fine so i think that concludes this week uh hopefully this week was maybe a little less spicy than our past two weeks i kind of <laughs> you know, i went into this hoping for like oh let's take a little bit of a breather from uh that hot topic and then i found another hot topic without trying to but um uh, yeah i still. mean we still talked about Nazis in concentration camps in this oh, one. God, so, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, I did. So uh, maybe I don't know. I guess it depends on what upsets you. <laughs> but uh, so, Philip, where could people find us to uh, be upset by more things? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you uh, were deeply upset by this video and want to be uh, deeply upset some more by other things that we say, or if uh, you had a positive reaction and liked it and want to see more of that kind of thing, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can like the video, uh, you can leave a comment, uh, and you can hit the subscribe button and ring the notification bell to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. If uh, you're listening to us anywhere, uh, then, uh, and you really like this podcast and want to support it and want to help us make more episodes, uh, maybe get better cameras or mics or whatever. Uh, you can uh, find us on Patreon and support us financially at patreon.com slash raise and left. Uh, and you can find us on social media. We'll have a Facebook. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll have a TikTok uh, and some other things. So um, yeah, just look for us. We're right everywhere. We're raise them left. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us this morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever other time of day it is. Thank you.